Hi, everybody. And welcome to That's Life, where I am probably going to still be writing 2018 on my checks for a good three or four months from now. And let's be honest, so will you. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. You can find me here right after Allison, <clears throat> excuse me, and right at, right before Nahum's live lunch. A boker tov to Avrami, or I should say an Erev tov to Avrami. He is engineering from Beit Shemesh. Yes, modern technology is a great thing. 6,000 miles away, and he's still at work. He is behind the board, figuratively. It's uh, it's an incredible thing. But anyway, a shout-out to Avrami. So you won't hear him, but just know he is there. He's the man behind the curtain, so to speak. So we have a whole bunch of stuff going on. We have a wonderful guest today. Mark Goldman from Soyou at Sinai joins us in just a few moments. Let's do the national holidays. Today is Drinking Straw Day which, of course, you can't do anymore at Starbucks or you won't be able to do rather soon because, you know, they eliminated straws because that's what's going to save our society. It's also J.R.R. Tolkien Day. So if you're a Hobbit fan, shout out to you. Um, it is National Chocolate Covered Cherry Day, which, to be honest, I don't, I don't know why you'd want to participate in that at all. Look, why? That's not good. Um, and it is Perihelion Day which I don't know what that means. And knowing of Rami, he's already like trying to figure it out and Googling it. But I doubt we're going to hear about it by the end of the show. Um, but nevertheless, if you know what that is, it's got to be some kind of sci-fi, something or other, I don't know, trekky thing. But if you know what that is, a shout out to you as well. By the way, a shout out to that person who bought that one winning lottery ticket last week in, in Brooklyn. If you need to know where we are, you can go to fjbunity.org. I'm sure you have some donations you're going to need to make. Feel free to help us out here at fjbunity.org. If you did not get your last-minute donations in before the clock struck 12 um, uh, at New Year's Eve, sorry, I had to finish that thought, please start the year out fresh and continue uh, helping us bring you creative programming here at the Nahum Siegel Network by going to fjbunity.org and giving what you can. We truly appreciate your support as always. And we turn to our listeners to keep us going every single year. Let's do the fortune cookie and then we'll get to our guest. This fortune cookies give me a hard time coming out. Here we go. Ulcers are what you got for forgetting your stomach. I don't even, I don't even know what that means. I mean... I don't know what that means. Ulcers are what you got for forgetting your stomach. Well, Confucius, thanks for nothing. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and I am joined by a longtime friend, but haven't spoken to him in a long time. Isn't that the truth? Mark Goldman joins me. Found- Way too long. <laughs> I know, no joke, right? Founder and CEO. Can I call you CEO? That's okay, yeah. Perfect. Founder and CEO of Saw You at Sinai. One of the most popular websites, I'm not even saying this to be funny or because you're on the phone, one of the most popular websites in the Jewish community. I mean that wholeheartedly and for good reason. Mark joins us this morning. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Long time no speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so how many... I'm, glad, I'm glad we're at least finding a way to get to continue uh, our own relationship with each other after many years and continuing on, on your show and hopefully we'll find ways to to also catch up off the show as well. Yeah, no, that would be great. Tell me, I mean, it is now the beginning of 2019. How many people have gotten together? How many shiduchim have been made? How many matches have been made through Soyu at Sinai at this point? 
3,100 members or ex-members have now gotten engaged with the site since the uh, beginning of 2004. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's exciting. Uh, you know, every year, you know, we have three, four hundred people. Thank God that are that are meeting and and getting married. And uh, interestingly enough, that over the years, although we're constantly updating the technology, obviously introducing new features, the the base model has stayed the same, which was really combining dedicated matchmakers, giving their personal touch and their own feelings, and looking into the people and ensuring the privacy and forming that relationship. And then also combine the technology of the Soyotsani platform through the algorithms and the logic and what people now like to call today the AI, artificial intelligence of the system, to suggest ideas that the matchmakers could then send over to the singles. So that, that backbone has remained the same. And we're just constantly trying to make sure that you know, we're up to date and ensuring that the technology is the best it can be, and also monitoring and staying uh, on top of the matchmakers, continuing training the matchmakers, answering questions, and making sure that they have the resources they need to su succeed as well. And one of the other things that I notice on top of all that is that you're constantly bringing in new matchmakers. And I, and I noticed that, actually, whoever's handling your social media, I noticed <laughs> that through your Twitter feed, that there is you know, there's an often an announcement of who the new matchmaker is and what areas he or she is going to be specializing in. And I thought that that was so interesting that you're constantly recruiting or that there are constantly people volunteering to be matchmakers. Um, and, and that to me was like, like, wow, I, I, I would understand keeping, you know, tabs on the technology, but it didn't occur to me how important it is to keep that field fresh as well. It's incredibly important. And it's important for a few really key reasons. First of all, um, when someone is a good matchmaker, they are at a certain point of their life, and times change. Things change for them. So though they were fantastic at a given moment, if you can't give them the proper training and stay on top of them and, and allowing them to succeed, um, you won't quickly realize that a matchmaker who might have just gotten married, doesn't have you know, kids to take care of, is in a small apartment, when all of a sudden they're moving, starting a new career, and have twins that just were born, they might not have the time or the focus to be able to do that anymore. So on one hand, you have constantly have to make sure that you have that close observance of the, of the matchmakers you have today. And also there are new ones that are coming up, sometimes younger, sometimes different points of their career. Maybe they did it 20 years ago. They want to do it again. And they're coming through the system and saying, hey, I'd like to go ahead and do this. There are a tremendous amount of volunteers. By the way, we always need more volunteers, which mm -hmm. is a great thing right. because the site continues to expand. But as we go ahead and find those great volunteers and we spend a tremendous amount of time training them, it, 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 we, we also realize that life takes over sometimes. Right. And we want to make sure that when they have to focus on their family at a particular time, have to focus on their career, they can take a little hiatus and then sometimes come back later on when it's appropriate, and then give new people the opportunity to help their friends, help uh, people that they've grown up with that maybe have not found the person they want to marry yet, also given the opportunity. And sometimes those are people that have been doing matchmaking on their own beforehand, and the, sometimes these are new shadchanim, shadchanim that have never tried it before and want the training and really given the opportunity to try to see if this is something they can be good at. Sometimes social workers are good at it, that's a very big area. Obviously, they can form relationships right. and understand what people are about. But also, from a very different background, sometimes someone who's a recruiter as their profession mm -hmm. might be fantastic at it. And very different personality types, 
but they're able to bring something to the table that's very different and have had tremendous success being a matchmaker on the site. Are there matchmakers who or potential matchmakers, I should say, volunteers who have come forward who you on paper with all of your experience look at this and look at this person and what they bring to the table and say, oh, my God, this guy, this woman, they're going to be a home run. They're going to make so many shidduchim and we're going to train them and they're going to be even better. And then they fall flat. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I, I'd like to say no, but it, it, it happens. And you can do all your due diligence that you want. When it comes down to it, um, you know, you have to see really how it works in action. And when people are actually getting involved in Shaduchim for the first time, getting involved in matching for the first time, they don't realize all the responsibilities that come with that. Mm. They might say, oh, I'm great at this. I have so many friends. I'm very personable. I can do this. No problem. Well, some of it is, are you a good listener? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is, do you have enough time, consistent time? Are you being realistic about your own strengths and weaknesses? And they might come across very powerful. They might come across very confident that they can get this done. And we request references that also back up the idea that they'd be great at it. And we do upfront phone calls to make sure they'd be good at it. And then we go through a training up front that we send to them that takes them about an hour and a half to two hours to go through. And then they finally get on a call and do a training with us. And we do a follow-up training about two weeks later. And sometimes with all of that, a month later they're saying, I can't do it. This mm-hmm. is not for me. I appreciate all the time and all the effort you've put into me, but it is just not for me. And uh, that, unfortunately, does happen sometimes, and that's why you always have to also be looking for new, new talent to come through the pipeline uh, to be able to replace right. those and also allow you to continue the expansion as more and more people are coming on the site. Right, right. That would make sense, that continued expansion. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Segal Network. Mark Goldman joins me. He is the founder of Soyu at Sinai, which has uh, been named the world's largest Jewish matchmaker network 2017, which is an incredible um, an award to reach, especially the number of shadchan, uh, the, the number of shidduchim you have already made is astounding. How has matchmaking evolved or changed since you started the site? So when we first started the site, I guess when I started reaching out to all the shadchan, all the matchmakers, I didn't get many calls back. And they were like, what's this crazy idea, creating an online system to do this? We have our own way of doing things. We've been doing this way for 20 years. Why are you bothering me about it? And quite often, I wouldn't even get any phone call returns. And it was only because uh, Tova Weinberg actually decided to, to give me a shot and helped me go ahead and get the base going that people started saying, well, wait a second. You know, she's even having more success as our original matchmaker when she joined than she had off- offline. And slowly, the word started getting out that using an online platform is much more efficient than their old way of doing things where if they really were a sophisticated Excel sheet, more likely mm-hmm. looking at a resume on paper and then trying to remember, oh, yeah, what was in my Rolodex? What was in my uh, contact sheet that I had written down beforehand and trying to do that? And it just it was an arcane way of doing things, and that was the standard way of doing things back then. And if you fast forward 15 years later, it's changed tremendously. We, we think our way is successful. Thank God many people have found their spouse, their best sheriff, because of the system. But other people have tried other things, like just either forwarding emails, trying WhatsApp groups. These are, in our opinion, less efficient ways of doing things. Right. But at least they're using technology in a more efficient way than it was originally 15 years ago. So at least that's very positive. And 
the idea of matchmaking now is standard not only in the Jewish world, but it's also standard right. in the non-Jewish world today. Right, right. And that's something very, very different than it was 15 years ago. It was if you went to someone who was not Jewish 15 years ago, and also if you went to someone who was unaffiliated 15 years ago, is Jewish, but it's like I'm Jewish because I was born. A matchmaker? That's not for me. Who would use a matchmaker? Right. So hmm. it was unheard of. But today, one of the fastest segments of the overall online dating world in general is actually in the matchmaking area. And uh, that is, they had a iDate, which runs a conference every year for the overall dating online, had to start a segment specifically for matchmaking. And that's not for Jewish. That's just because in general, the number of matchmakers that were coming online and being high-end boutique uh, niche matchmakers in the world were increasing tremendously. And they realized that that was a very growing segment. And it's really somewhat of the boomerang effect of everyone putting all their information out there in a social network and it being so unconnected in a way, although you have many more friends, how many are you really connected to anymore? Right. So it's a boomerang effect from that of saying, okay, I like to have a more personalized way of doing something when something's so important and something, unfortunately, so difficult for people and getting harder and harder for people to be able to find their match. Let me do this more personalized way. And that's why matchmaking has come very much standard today where it was not 15 years ago when we started this. So we understand how the matchmaker and, and the training of the matchmaker has evolved. I mean, we are way beyond Tevya and Golda and all of those scenes from Fiddler, which are iconic and important and actually speak to, you know, a different time of life. But yet that's how it was done then. And 15 years ago is how it was done then. And this is how it's being done now. And watching that evolution is is really quite fascinating. But let's talk for a second about the singles. Let's talk about the man and the woman who are looking for their better halves. What kind of guidance are we giving, I mean, you know, Golda and Tevya had it easy. They, they paired them up. You met on the day of the wedding. You know, that's the great song, Do You Love Me? They, they met on the day of the wedding. Do I love you? How did I know I love you? I didn't know you at all. But now that love connection, I mean, Chuck Woolery is like, you know, going around in my head that you're, everyone is looking for that love connection. So what happens? What happens, Mark, when you have a man or a woman who have been trying, who have gone through the matchmakers, and who are who are on the Saw You at Sinai site, and it, it's occurring to the people on your team that maybe, maybe there's something bigger here. Maybe th- these guys need coaching in how to date, in how to be potential for someone's better half. What happens when you meet that man or woman who you're like, wow, you want to know basically what the problem is? The problem is you. <laughs> so... There, there is a, first of all, I think a general background um, and a really interesting dichotomy of what's going on in society before you get to the specifics of how to help someone improve themselves, which is that dichotomy is that although a young professional today has more education opportunities, more travel opportunities, uh, and they can date across the globe if they want to without you know, much problem whatsoever, it's you know, easier to keep kosher no matter where you're going, easier to find a shul by using an app online. Right. Uh, you can rent a beautiful home from, you know, from Airbnb, even though even in, in Judea and Samaria today, thank God, mm-hmm. you're able to continue to do it there as well. To go out there and find a spouse, what we consistently hear is harder and harder. Mm. So some of that is being caused by the 
fragmentation of your attention, the fact that I can do so many more things, that's already changing the mindset of the individuals. And that can have effects that you then have to go in there and, and assist people to realizing, look, relationship is not like let's go on Airbnb and quickly find something and, and type in all the criteria and just find something that's, then that's it. There is definitely a person involved, and you have to work on that relationship. And working on the relationship goes against the way things work today. Things work today in milliseconds. I right. want to get a response immediately. I want to Google search something immediately. I want to go ahead and get results now. Don't tell me about tomorrow. And by the way, I might go on to my next idea in two days from now right. as far as what I'm interested in. So it goes against what the grain is of society today. And unfortunately, what we have seen, getting down some of the advice, is sometimes that results in less respect sometimes for the matchmaker who is trying to set them up, but also for a potential partner as well. Mm. And that, that lack of respect continues within the relationship. Interesting. What we have seen times, and this actually frustrates matchmakers, as an example, is matchmakers are working very, very hard at times to find a match for somebody, and then they're not interested. They don't even get necessarily back to the shotgun in a timely fashion. And they figure, well, that's common sense. That's good respect. That same type of attitude, though, becomes permeating within the person's relationship as well, of not showing that respect towards the other person. And so that's one thing that quite often uh, the shadchanim have to do. Now, the shadchanim are not dating coaches. That's a tremendous, and if there are real, real issues, they're going to have to get coaching, and sometimes coaching works on how to improve yourself in your current environment today. Psychologists might help from ingrained issues that you have from your childhood. Right. So whether one is necessary or the other is necessary, uh, sometimes it goes beyond the ability for the matchmakers to be able to handle that. But there are basic relationship ideas that even the matchmakers and are able to go ahead and explain, whether it's uh, they realize that they're having conflicts in the relationship and rather than discussing it, they're just leaving it unresolved. Well, that gets back to, again, communication, being able to respect and talk back and forth. Just because you have a conflict going on and if you're able to talk it through, well, there's much more of a likelihood that somebody then you can talk through issues on a long-term basis. If you don't go ahead and deal with those conflicts, go ahead and discuss them, you'll never know what's going to happen when inevitably you get married. Guess what? There are conflicts that come up. Right. Huh. Who would have thought? <laughs> Everything's not perfect every single day. Certainly conflicts not. Conflicts that happen. Certainly not. But if you not. have that communication in the relationship, if you get married, you can do that. Well, that's a great way to find that out early on. Some people want to say, well, I don't want to hurt their feelings. I don't want to go ahead and they might, they might get hurt by it. Well, of course, you want to say it in a way that is helpful, respectful, and productive, but you also have to go ahead and have a discussion about that. Right. So sometimes people are forgetting that, and it's easier, by the way, oh, this conflict I can just go walk away. You know, it's so easy to find the next person. I also find, and you know, it's funny. Sometimes not, people do that. Yeah, no, not to interrupt you, but but when you say find the next person, I often find that, it, you know, in addition to what you're saying, we live in the upgrade moment. We live in the upgrade yep. mentality. I can always do better. If I hold out with my iPhone a little bit longer, an upgrade is available in two months. And if I... You know, I'm only going to get a two-year lease because I always want the newer, <laughs> better model. And so, to you know, to me, and and thank God I've been happily married for for many years. But but I see it in my kids, and my kids are not all of dating age. But I see it in my kids that they don't they don't have the patience to invest time in anything. 
in, you know, a, a fortnight game that takes three hours is like a long-term commitment for them. So it's like, it's, you know, it's like, what are we, what are we, what are we doing here? Everything isn't something that needs to be changed up. And so I wonder if you also find that that permeates into this situation where you have potential, um, you have, you have people who are signing up on the site who, who may turn down a shit because they want to see what's better out there. Is this the best I can do? If I wait out a little bit longer, maybe I can do better. So that that point is extremely important because that gets down to the idea of what's the next opportunity I have around the corner. Right. And whether it's the next video game, hmm. whether it's the next phone, whether it's the next car, quite often people get stuck in that cycle of trying to see which person, which male, if they're looking for someone, if a girl's looking for a nice guy, which guy is now around the corner. But they're, they're searching for that, and they're trying to see who might be the next person that comes, comes about. And that is, in fact, a problem. We have on the site some limits of how many, what we, we call active matches, basically how many people you could be looking into at the same time that Shadchan and the matchmaker wow. send over to you. And we put those in place actually many, many years ago. And people used to come to them and say, well, why are you doing that? Send me more ideas. Ugh. Allow me to look at multiple, more than, I mean, you might say it's crazy. We allow, believe it or not, people look into seven ideas at the same time, <gasps> which is already a crazy number. It's crazy. And, and people are able to go ahead and get up to, we say, 10 matches per week, you know, 10 ideas suggested to you. And rather than getting the mentality, just send me more, 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 you have 10 matches that week. And people are constantly saying, well, that's not enough. I want to get more ideas. I want to get more ideas. So that idea has always been a challenge, but we have seen an increased challenge in that area of people wanting to look to the next one. And that really has to do with also the types of apps, dating apps that are out there today and that have become very popular. Mobile platforms are now used for dating, whereas they were not used 15 years ago because mobile phones couldn't handle that. Well, what happens today on mobile platforms is there are different types of swiping apps that right. they literally can go through thousands, oh if gosh. not tens of thousands of profiles every single <sighs> week. And all you have to do is swipe one direction for yes. I'm interested in swipe one direction of no. Most of those apps were designed for, we'll call it short-term relationships. But uh, many people now have gotten in the mindset, though, of, Literally, it's that easy to swipe right through somebody and go on to the next idea. I don't know, Mark. So, maybe maybe Golda and, and Tevya had, were on to something. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. There's, it's, there's like so much crazy out there that, to me, it's actually miraculous that you've made as many shidduchim as you have in the last 15 years. Mark Goldman from Soyu at Sinai.com. I mean, people sign up, single sign up. Can Of course, I'm going to ask the most important question that everyone wants to know. Can parents sign up their children? With their children's permission only. Mm. So they cannot do it unless the child says, sure, if you'd like to sign me up, and you can go ahead and do that. If they're not aware of it, no, they're not allowed to sign them up. Um, in the more <clears throat> yeshivish world, obviously, uh, when the children are younger, quite often the parents are the one managing their entire uh, shidduch process. But even there, they have to be okay with, yes, my profile is being put on Soyuz Sinai, or one of our partner sites, and the parent is going to manage that. The child has to be aware of that. In those cases, it's a given that the parent is, is the one handling that. But if it's in the more modern community where it's not as common, what we basically explicitly say on the site is that if you're signing up for a child 
uh, or might be a parent, if the parent's older and maybe can't use the technology, vice versa, the person has to be aware of that. And then we're okay with that. Then we're totally okay with that because it's up to the individual to decide if they would like to have somebody else manage that process for them. See, Mark, the problem with me not speaking to you in such a long time is that we're out of time and I only want to speak to you more. <laughs> so we have to do this more often. Again, you can go to soyouatsinai.com for more information. If you're looking for your match, if you are looking for your better half, they have tremendous success at Soyou at Sinai, and we highly recommend you check out that site. Mark Goldman continued, honestly, continued Hatzlacha on behalf of the Jewish community and a shout-out to all of your matchmakers. I know that uh, one matchmaker in particular, of course, Naomi, is my favorite. Um, and she is, I mean, she's a poster child for for successful shidduch making. So a shout-out to Naomi. Can I use her last name on the air? That's okay with me. Okay, well, Naomi Landsman is just, I mean, she's a miracle worker. She's unbelievable. Talk about having a knack for it. Um, you know, if all you we're all, very lucky to have her and many, we have over 300 matchmakers and people like her, and and those are really fantastic. First of all, how much they dedicate their time, right? And really have, an, as you say, a, a good knack for it, and are really trying to help people from the bottom of their hearts. It's Amen. Great. So, Hatzlacha to all of you, and thank you so much for your time. And we should talk again soon. Look forward to it very soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Sawyouatsinai.com. Again, you can get more information there at Sawyouatsinai. Com. Our programming continues with the live lunch hosted by Nachum Siegel in just a few moments. And then at the culmination of that program at 1 p.m., it is Throwback Thursday, 4 p.m. It is the encore presentation of JM Rewind. And at 7 p.m., it's the Arab Shabbos show hosted by Mark Samick, brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Tomorrow morning, join Nachum as he hosts JM and AM from 6 to 9 a.m. 7.40 a.m., Malcolm Honline joins him with the weekly update. And then, of course, at 9 a.m., it's a brand new episode of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman. You're going to hear a familiar voice coming up in the background. That's because this Sunday, folks, this Sunday is the, the Haas concert. <laughs> we'll be patient. Yes, I've been waiting 18 years to introduce yet again in this historic opportunity, a band, a group, an amazing collection of musicians and singers that changed Jewish music forever. They served as a beacon to thousands of Bali Tshuva who found their way home to Torah and Yiddishkeit. And might I add, they served and continue to serve as a beacon for even folks like me, who've been in yeshiva all of our lives. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for yet another long-awaited reunion of the Diaspora Yeshiva Band! I mean, it's almost criminal to speak on top of this. It's like, it's like talking on top of the Hatikva. Oh, my gosh. Let's do this quickly. Anyway, this was from Hask 18. This, I mean, it's amazing. Time for Music 18. And, of course, 32. Time for Music 32 will be this Sunday night starting at 7 p.m. We thank Ali Gerstner and everyone at Hask for including us again this year. Nachum will be emceeing. I'm looking forward to that event. I'm going to let this song play, folks. I'm going to enjoy it here in the studio. My thanks to Avrami. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. The gates of righteousness.
Ja, ja, ja.